How many of us uh, in the room would say that we are a creative person, or believe that you believe that you're a creative person? Look at this! Wow, we don't need this session. <laughs> how many? How many don't really see yourself as a creative person? Let's be yeah, still a few. How are you saying that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I just—I mean—I want to bust a myth straight away, really, because um, well, let's, let's do a little funny little exercise. One: How many people have ever cooked a meal? Keep, keep your hand up. How many have ever decorated your front room or your back room or your bedroom? Or how many people have ever had anybody else around for a meal? Or how many people have, you know, you got yourself dressed today, that's creative. <laughs> you chose an outfit. You chose an outfit to put on. All these things are creative things, aren't they? Um, what else? Who's, who writes journals? Yeah, come on. Who, who's ever got on the floor with your kids or your grandchildren and just play the game, just crawl around, cowboys and Indians or whatever it is these days? It's not that at all, is it? It's probably. I don't know what it is actually. Pokemon, whatever. Um, who's ever been to a fancy dress party? Come on. All these people. Has anyone not put their hand up at all yet? I don't know if I should say that really. We're all, we're all family, aren't we? It's good. Everyone's put their hand up by now, yeah? Yes? Good. So, I mean, my, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to suggest we are all creative beings. We are made in the image of God. We're made in the image of the Creator, the Master Creator, Father God. He created all things. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had a little conference and they said, Let us make man in our own image. So we are made in the image of God. We're on the same page still. You agree with that? So. If God is creative and we are made in the image of God, we are all creative. We are creative beings. So let's just get rid of that lie that there are creative types and there are some who are not creative types at all. And actually what it is, is we are all creative types, but actually some of us use our creativity and some of us don't really use it. And some of us have shut it down. Um, maybe because of some of these things we looked at already, perfectionism, maybe because of comparison, which is what we're going to look at now. But you know, one of my heart-held beliefs is that our God is just so incredible and so indescribably amazing that when he made us, each and every one of us, in his image, as he knitted each one of us together in our mother's womb, we are totally unique, each and every one of us totally unique. And I don't mean just you've got a different fingerprint to everyone else. I find that absolutely amazing. But actually your whole, your personality, your character, your gift mix, everything about you, there's no other you and there never ever will be another you. Um, and you reflect something of his glory that no one else will ever reflect in the same way that you reflect. Because he's that big. He's that amazing. He's that incredible that it's going to take millions of people, and even then we're not going to fully reflect all of who he is uh, in all his creativity and his immense glory. And so I'm saying that to underline the sense of our uniqueness 
is very, very important to God. He took a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of pleasure in creating you uniquely to be who you are as a unique individual. You are an original. You are a masterpiece. Each and every one of you is an original masterpiece. And you need to know that in your heart. And so um, that's my little way of introducing this whole thing of creativity and comparison. Who's ever, ever suffered a talk with comparison or done that thing where you compare yourself? Who, whoever comes off, you know, you just come off worse most of the time, don't you? It depends who you compare yourself with. <laughs> but then you end up in trouble because you're like, you get into pride and all sorts of other problems. It's a lose-lose situation, the whole comparison thing, isn't it? So um, let's just talk a little bit um, about creativity. Um, so we were made in the image of God. Um, the first revelation of God is that he's the creator. The first person he ever created, Adam, what was the first thing recorded in scripture that he did? He named, yeah, I think two or three people saying, he named all the animals. Now, how much creativity do you need to do that? To name all the animals. God says, you know, name all the animals. Well, I looked up yesterday because I thought this would be interesting. How many species are there? 8.7 million species still on the planet. That's after, I don't know how many have become extinct. So, that's like quite a long day. <laughs> quite, quite a tiring job. Quite exhausting, like on the imagination. Do you know how much imagination have you got? How's your imagination doing? You know, if I said you just come up with a hundred names for new animals by the end of the day, you would be probably struggling. Adam was a very, very creative person, clearly. I mean, how on earth did he do that? I don't know. Uh, he probably took more than a day to do it, but anyways. I'm just saying, he was creative, and we are all made of the same stuff in the image of God. We're all creative. Um, I think most of us, what we would probably recognise is that our creativity has, has been on a journey, and it's been pre beaten up. And those of us like myself, even, I'm, I'm a creative person uh, for a living, even, if you like, I suppose. I've been writing songs for 20, 25 years. I've been contracted to... EMI and Kingsway Music and Thank You Music and Integrity. I've written worship songs, I've written songs for the world and had a song in a movie and all kinds of write songs. Uh, I paint, I, I draw, I'm a very creative person, but my creativity has taken quite a battering over the years. And, and that's someone who's fairly confident that I am creative. So I'm, I'm guessing that most of us have taking a little bit of a battering in the creative department. Anyone with me on that one? Yeah. And um, so I thought, again, let's have a look at how does that happen? Why does that happen? Um, I looked again, I looked at some statistics. Um, and uh, I am told, from what I'm reading on, online, Google, you can believe Google, can't you? Everything you read on Google has got me through. I did check it out two or three other places too, just in case. But it said, um, at the age of five, children are operating at about 80% of their creative and innovative potential. Yeah. At the age of five, you're operating about 80%. You are creating every day, you are innovating every day, you are imagining all the time, you play games, you invent things, you, you make up stuff all the time. It's just, it's just, it's almost like who you are. It's just what you do, is you're just creating all the time. 
That's, that's, that's how we were made to be. And uh, at age five, we're about 80% of, of uh, creative, innovative potential. But by the age of 12, we've not just shrunk down to 20%, but 2%. By the age of 12, 2% of our creative potential. Why does that happen? Um, some of the recognised killers of our creativity are, well, one is conformity. So when we go to school, we get taught, this is what you're supposed to think, this is the right way to do something, this is the wrong way to do something, this is what you're supposed to think about this, this is how this happens, this is how you solve this problem, and we are taught, almost taught, to stop using our creative imagination, and to just listen to teacher and do it how they tell you to do it, and and you learn. That's how we learn. So we learn to conform. Um, peer pressure, I guess, is another one, isn't it? Um, sometimes, if you're the only one in the in the gang that has this crazy idea, we should do this, and you're thinking everyone's going to think I'm silly if I say that, so you don't say it. So you start to shut it down, don't you? Um, criticism, derision, ridicule. Oh, that's been done before. Those kind of things um, all kill off our creativity, don't they? Uh, I read one article yesterday as well. It says, if you wanted to kill, kill off creative ideas, give it to a committee. <laughs> been there. Been there as well. Um, so, um, Scripture says, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. John 10. Um, comparison comes to steal your joy, to kill your contentment, and destroy your unique identity. So, where do you think comparison comes from? <laughs> the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Comparison steals your joy, kills your contentment, and destroys your unique identity. So, kind of think I know where it's coming from. God's not into comparing us for the sake of our worth. He doesn't judge our worth or who we are in any way, shape or form in relation to how anybody else uh, is or performs or however, whatever gifted they are or whatever. Why do we do it? Why do we, why do we compare ourselves? It's interesting, isn't it? Why do we do that? You know, I think, Jamie, you shared your testimony a little bit last time about the whole perfectionism thing. You know, why, do, why are we tempted to go down that? Route. And I think with comparison often it's because there's, there's deep-rooted insecurity, bottom line. And we think, well, if I can be like that person, because they're popular, or they're successful, or they're rich, or they're famous, or they're good at that, or if I can compare myself to... And, it, and you know, we kind of... I, I guess we just seduce by that thing all the time. And, and uh, nine times out of ten, we don't come off... Because you're always comparing yourself with, the, with where you want to be, not where you were, do you know what I mean? So you're always going to come off worse. And um, we're afraid at that point then to express our creativity. Yeah. We are then afraid to express our uniqueness, afraid to express who we are because we're afraid of rejection, afraid of being misunderstood. Um, afraid of being laughed at, maybe afraid of being ignored. That's almost the worst. You create something and just nobody notices, or they just completely ignore it. I don't, I don't know which is worse. I'd rather laugh at it 
because I could challenge that, but I just completely ignore it, you know. Um, or, or afraid of criticism. Um, and so we shut it down. And as a result of shutting it down, the world never gets to see something of the glory of God that might have been expressed through who you are, through your creative expression, whatever that is, whether that's hospitality, whether that's cooking a meal, whether that's painting a painting, and, or writing a song, or performing a play, or decorating, being an interior designer, or decorating your, your room. You might not be an, an interior designer, but you might be able to just do your room, do you, the way you design your rooms at home, in the home, the way you put the furniture around, whatever. All these different creative expressions, aren't they, that just speak of the goodness of God, you know, just the wonder of God, all sorts of other creative things. And it isn't just arty stuff. You know, you might be a business person, you might be a creative business ideas person, you might be a problem solving, you know, you might have a real gift with administration and solving problems, there's creative solutions to things. Creativity is in everything, isn't it? It's, um, I guess the, the root of creativity is where there wasn't, wasn't something and now there is. Like it's, it's where a thought becomes a thing. You have an idea and you do that and, and it produces a solution or a product or a painting or a song or whatever. It's, this, it's getting this, it's in us, isn't it? And it's getting it out and, you know, the world has tried so hard to figure this thing out with, without God in the picture. You can't really figure it out. So lots of famous songwriters have been asked, where do you think your songs come from? You know, and you get some very, very interesting answers from people who aren't Christians, people like Sting and uh, Rolling Stones and guys like that. I've read interviews and they're like, you know, they'll say things like, it's already there, just got to catch it and pull it down. Well, that's, isn't that a phrase we use a lot? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just pulling it, pulling it down. Um, so, um, I got a little bit lost there, got too, too excited about songwriting again. Um, so, what is the route back? What is the route back to creativity? Um, and obviously in the context of a loving family and a loving church, this is a whole lot easier for us than it can be outside of this kind of environment, but one of the routes back is vulnerability. It's, it's being brave and it's, being, it's taking a risk and it's being prepared to be vulnerable. And um, I'm going to quote Brené Brown because she's much better at this than I am. I'll just compare myself there. Sorry, I repent. Um, she says, vulnerability is so often seen as weakness. Vulnerability equals weakness. That's what we're kind of taught. That's what we kind of grow up thinking. Vulnerability is weakness. But actually, vulnerability is really courage. Is that if you are prepared to put, put your heart out there, put your idea out there, Put, put your thoughts out there or create that thing or paint that thing or write that story or that book or that play or that song or that or decorate your room in a different colour to what everybody else is doing there. Everyone's doing grey at the moment. Have you noticed that? Grey is the colour. Different shades of grey. <laughs> I don't know if I don't consider that TV programme I mentioned, but um, grey is in. But like, what if you want, what if you don't like grey? What if you want to be red? But like, what if people come around and they say, oh, God, you know, that's old, that's last year, you know, that thing. But it's um, being prepared, isn't it? Vulnerability, take the risk, be prepared. Brené Brown says, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. 
Vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity and change. If to create means to make something that has never existed before, then there is nothing more vulnerable than that. So it's going to take some, some courage and, um, and a willingness to be vulnerable. Just thinking back to being children, you know, one of the things that children are great at is, is using their imagination. Their imagination is on fire, it's alive, it's just wild, isn't it? They imagine all sorts of things, from monsters under the bed to whatever, you know, their, their imagination is just, it's just wild, it's out there. And, and there's so much comes out of that, so much creativity comes out of that. So we need to find ways again to ignite our imagination. And I think actually one of those things is to learn how to play. Again, we do this, we do this uh, monthly worship event down in Shoreham called More, where we have people dancing and painting. We obviously were worshiping, we're singing, and we've got some media stuff, media guys shooting some film footage, and that's playing on a TV screen or on the wall or whatever. And, and then we, we started to create this, um, I don't even know what to call it, it's like a it's like a wall, it looks like a wall made out of pallets, but actually it's made out of planks of wood, but planks, people have started to paint on these planks and p- put them up on this wall. Uh, just words, just key words that help us to worship and provoke us and challenge us and all the rest of it. And one of them, I remember looking at it last week, in it, or last month, and there was one that said, play. Play. I mean, when was the last time you played, as in, like, children play? Like, we've so stopped doing that too soon, really. We need to learn how to play. Again, how to ignite our imagination and how to be vulnerable and how to share ideas and take risks and be more creative. So, uh, getting back to this, the, the kind of nub of this is comparison kills creativity, but creativity is, is the solution, is the answer to that, that whole curse of comparison. We need to release our creative ideas, be who we are, be just, you know, let, we're, we're growing in this, aren't we? Just being confident in who we are, that God loves us, that every single one of us individually is precious to him. And when he needs you together in, in your mother's womb, the ideas that you put in there, the gifts that you put in there, the talents that you put in there, the dreams that you put in there, all the things that he wove into you was for his good pleasure. And... Uh, I had quite a powerful encounter with God a number of years ago now. Actually just sat on my own by a bonfire down the garden. And I'm not going to tell you everything that the Father just showed me in, in moments. He just showed me it like a download, a whole bunch of things. But the bottom line was, he did it for his pleasure. He was talking about who I am. And, um, and, uh, and there was a sense in which, if I don't be who I am, and do the things that God's put in my heart to dream, that I dream about doing, he won't get the pleasure that he was excited about when he put me together. And so I want us to get hold of that. Each one of us is unique. He uniquely he put gifts and dreams in your heart and things that you can do that no one else is going to do, ideas that you have that no one else is not given to anyone else, he's given it to you. And he did it for his good pleasure. And if we don't do those things, he doesn't get to receive the pleasure that he was so looking forward to when he made you you and when he put that stuff in you. So um, I think we'll leave it there. I've gone a little bit out of time.